Hello and happy Halloween. <laughs> it's Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz of CITR Sports broadcasting from UBC Point Grey campus on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9 on this very spooky day. And we'll always keep you guys up to date on the latest UBC sports news, standings, and stories. I love Halloween. I really do. Um, it's just something that I grew up with in my family, and I feel like I have a lot of good memories because of it. I don't know. You guys? I mean, I loved trick-or-treating so much as a kid. Any excuse to get that much chocolate and candy, <laughs> try to eat as much of it the night of, and then whatever I didn't eat, just eat one a day as long as I can't stretch it out. Yeah, um, we don't actually celebrate Halloween in China, but at the time my mom was, um, she works in amusement park, and every time around Halloween, I'll get free tickets to the amusement park, so I'm really happy about that. That's pretty sweet. I mean, uh, the thing that I would always do is me and my sister would, like, dump out our bags on the floor, and we would have, like, a big, like, like trade exchange. Be like, okay, these are all the ones I don't like, and then I'll, like, trade you it for these ones that I do like. And that would take, like, more time than the actual trick-or-treating. And then we this would always year, fight. Like, that's not worth that much. Right. And then this year, I just feel like, I don't know, it's it's the middle of the week. It's kind of raining here in Vancouver. It's a rainy Vancouver day. You're going to have a nice night, surprised? though. Watch some watch some horror movies, some along those lines. But in the realm of UBC sports, there were quite a wide variety, sometimes even scary outcomes, quite honestly. <laughs> the one of the biggest highlights was courtside, where it was the home opener for UBC basketball. I had the opportunity of calling that alongside Natalie Scadden and Doug Richards on Canada West, and also here on CITR 101.9. They were awesome games on Friday, two wins, uh, and one of those was a big upset for UBC women's basketball. And then on Saturday, however, not the same result. They did drop both those games. Meanwhile, elsewhere in UBC sports, women's volleyball went 1-1, one one, while the men's team is now an abysmal 0-4 on the season. We're going to talk about their new roster in a little bit here. Swimming traveled out to Calgary for a pair of meets, came, with, came home with big results. Thunderbird football just keeps proving me wrong on my earlier season prediction. Thanks in part to our our psyche, our ability to predict the future, though, and that whole Regina fiasco that really came back in their favor. And then also hockey had a rough weekend against Thompson Rivers. Nope. And, and No? It was, it was uh, Alberta. Alberta. <laughs> I thought you meant no, they didn't have a rough weekend. Oh, like, no, they had on. the best weekend losing three or four. <laughs> yeah, and then men's and women's soccer are both on to the Canada West semifinals. So starting off with basketball, the Thunderbirds women's team starting the season off with a bang on Friday night, upsetting the Canada West preseason number one ranked Saskatchewan Huskies 71-64. to On Saturday, the Birds fell short 70-60 to against the Huskies, finishing the weekend 1-1 one one against a team that is definitely a potential playoff opponent. Next up for the Thunderbirds is the University of Victoria Vikings, who they play tomorrow at home and Saturday in Victoria. Filowich came through huge this weekend. Keelan Filowich put up 34 combined points, and she had a 71% field goal percentage in both games, and she grabbed 12 rebounds over the weekend as well. Huge part in the Thunderbirds' success, at least on Friday. Yeah, and they're going to need her to be that big all season. On the other hand, Madison Penn did not have a good weekend at all, scored only 21 points combined in the two games on 8 of 33 shooting it, that is horrendous efficiency, and the Thunderbird needed her to be so much better than she was. They did get a bit 
of depth in both games. We saw a surprise performance by LaGuerta on Saturday, putting up 14 points. Kate Johnson, the recent transfer from UBC Okanagan, she had a nice Friday night, 13 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 steals. She's very good on the court. Quick and hard for other teams, I think, to catch up to her handles. Yeah, depth on offense was one of their biggest weaknesses last season, so it's great to see a couple of outbursts from uh, more minor players for the most part. And for a team with the question marks they had last season, especially they only went 10-10, and 10. going up against the number one ranked team, grabbing a win on opening night, that's a good start. And likewise, the Thunderbirds men's team showed out for the courtside crowd, delivering a 92-87 to 87 win on Friday. Though on Saturday, they also fell short, losing 102-93, to 93, finishing the weekend 1-1 one one as well. They also play the Vikes next, but the settings are reversed as they play Thursday in Victoria. And on Saturday, they're the ones at home against UVic. Yeah, and I mean, Koei, uh, the first star of the week, Canada West, uh, led the Thunderbirds in scoring on both nights, 21, 29 points on Friday, rather, and then 33 on Saturday. But uh, that shooting percentage might want to come up a bit, uh, 12, from tw- 12 of 28 from the field and only 4 of 15 from 3. Koei's been a big deal since transferring over. He's, I believe, in his fourth year of eligibility. Yeah, fourth year. But clearly huge impact, especially with Taylor Brown sidelined for the rest of the season. He's out with an ACL injury. ACL injuries are such an issue across Thunderbirds Yeah, sports. I believe that six combined in volleyball and basketball. It's pretty rough. You wonder what kind of training they're going through, right? I don't know. It makes me think about some things. Meanwhile, Grant Shepard was huge, especially on the boards, put up 20 rebounds over the two games. He also did chip in 17 points, hopefully looking to add a bit more to his offensive prowess though yeah 17 points was definitely on the lower end of what we expect out of him he does have the talent he had a couple of huge scoring games in preseason so hopefully he'll get that scoring up and Manroop Claire, the other fourth year guard transfer made his Thunderbird debut this past weekend he missed the entire preseason due to a hamstring injury showed a bit of rust he shot 5 for 12 from the field on Friday scoring 17 before posting a dismal 1 of 11 performance on Saturday so hopefully he's able to pick up some steam and it was worth noting that on Friday when he came out, I was broadcasting the game. I remember, I was like, oh my God, he cannot hit anything. I think he missed, he only took threes basically the entire night. I think he had one shot from inside the arc and the first four missed. And I was like, what, you know, what are the coaches thinking? But then he caught fire late. I think it was actually at the beginning of the second half. And then he went off. Um, so I, it seems that he's been a bit streaky at times, but hopefully he can add some firepower for this T-Birds team, especially from three-point range. Yeah, sharpshooters like him are often a little streaky, but when they're on, they <laughs> can't be the best player on the court. Right. Clay Thompson. Yeah, Clay Thompson. <laughs> Perfect. That was unreal. 14? 14, 14, 15, somewhere around there. Easily. Yeah, NBA record for threes. 14 three-pointers, in one game. That's insane. Wild. Beating Steph's, beating his <laughs> that's, fellow that's teammates. That's my favorite Steph part about it. Right. Yeah. Um, we're also we're about a third of the way through the Canada West hockey season. Four weeks of games in the books. Uh, both Thunderbirds teams, men's and women's, sit at 5-3-0 and oh after this week. Um, extrapolated over the course of a 28-game season, both teams are projected to finish with 18 wins. That's pretty good. That's an improvement on both sides. Um, we're going to look at some projections, some maybe sort of advanced stats for you guys. Um, but a quick run through of what happened this weekend. The women's team was shut out by Alberta on Friday before coming back from 2-0 down to force a shootout, which they unfortunately did lose. The men's team earned a gritty 4-3 win over the Golden Bears on Friday before being outshot 51-10 to on Friday, which is the most terrifying thing I've seen all day. Um <laughs> And yeah, they didn't win that game, uh, to the surprise of not a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> after that performance, I think we should maybe be looking at some PDO and some advanced stats and seeing what's up with this team. It wasn't a great weekend, but as you mentioned, still on track for an 18-win season, which 
would have been good for third in Canada West last season and a two-win improvement over uh, last season's teams. Even with that men's team, their great run at the second half of the season, they're still on a better pace than they were. So hopefully uh, they'll see more of their early season start and less of whatever happened last weekend. And then the Thunderbirds men's team last year had a really brutal start in 2017. They changed that with, there was another, you know, going back to that whole debacle, I think it was Calgary, right? It was Calgary, With the ineligible player we've seen across sports now, hockey and football. But it really turned around their season and it's transferred over here early. And it seems that if they're able to keep up this pace and not allow 51 shots on net compared (laughs) to putting up just 10, you know, hopefully you'll start to see an improvement season to season. And it looks like they're on pace right now to do just that. We can look at some stuff like PDO for that um, for that shooting. Thing. Which is? Um, PDO is a stat which combines shooting percentage and save percentage. Um, and its name actually doesn't stand for anything. It just comes from the uh, online username of the guy who invented it. Great. So an acronym for nothing. <laughs> an acronym for nothing. Uh, <laughs> the NHL uses uh, SVSP, which I think is more explanatory, save and then shooting percentage. Um, but just uh, to look at the women's team, 18 women, 18 wins would have tied the women's team for second most last year um, with uh, the team who finished second last year. And that would be a four-win improvement on last year's already very impressive season. They seem to have their penalty kill sorted out. A strong power play could turn them into conference favorites. Uh, so the women's PDO is actually a little bit high right now. It's at 102%, which is the um, about on the limit of what could be considered lucky. Because... What so what, that means what that you, percentage is lucky? So a hundred percent is what most teams are supposed to have if they're performing at the level they should be. And that's so, save, saves saving, compared to shots. Saves plus shots. So you're so um, the women's team would be, um, for example, like um, if if they're at a hundred and two percent, they're probably maybe have a nine twelve save percentage and then ten percent shooting. And I think the numbers gotcha. are a little bit different than gotcha. that. Um, but a hundred and two percent is the minimum amount of PDO required to be lucky or overperforming. But it is the minimum amount, so it's possible that they're actually just good and that the stats and the shooting percentage haven't yet adjusted to reflect that. And we could see that number come down over the course of the season while they maintain that 18-point pace. The men's team is at PDO 100%, which is perfect. That's exactly where you want to be. Uh, You're so average men's team. Good job. No, 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 because that's not how it is. What it means means to have a PDO of 100% is that it means that the team is playing as good as they should be. Like they're not outperforming. They're not expected okay. to come down to earth. Like if you have a, if your PDO is one hundred and two percent, you can't expect some regression. So if they're grabbing wins, they're actually good. They're, and if they're, they're grabbing, allowing fifty one shots, they're actually bad. Well, okay, yeah, <laughs> and I think that did play with the numbers a little bit um, because they're um, they're they have a very low uh, goaltending. Their save percentage is very low for a team that has one hundred percent PDO. They have a nine percent. Uh, or uh, 90% save percentage and a 10% shooting percentage, which is a higher than usual uh, shooting percentage and a lower than usual save percentage. We'd expect those numbers to sort of adjust for themselves, and they didn't really do that after the 51 to 10 game. Um, but we'd expect that to come together, and the 100% PDO is really good, means that um, this UBC Thunderbirds team is actually good, and they should uh, perform well in the season. Learning new things here on Halloween Day. Thanks for that. You're I welcome. actually genuinely was quite interested in learning about PDO. I had no clue. It's kind of like I can advanced analytics for week. baseball, right? It, yeah, it is, it's, it's, it's a very similar school of thought to sabermetrics, and a lot of teams are using stats like this, like PDO, like Corsi, Fenwick, to um, readjust their teams. Kyle Dubas of the Toronto Maple Leafs is a very big believer in it, as well as John Chaka of the Arizona Coyotes. The analytical approach. Very cool. In terms of swimming over this past weekend, Thunderbirds swim team went out to Calgary. They had the Friday dual meet against 
at Calgary's UC Aquatic Center. And then the second meetup was the Rocky Mountain Cup, which also took place in the home of Calgary. And that event brought together 10 different teams of the club and university level. So Friday's head-to-head with uh, the Calgary Varsity team and Swim Club, no, no stats from that game. Literally we, nothing. We have you no idea what happened. Who knows if the players even know what happened. Like, <laughs> could... I contacted coaches. I even asked the president. <laughs> no one had any answers for me. Not that he would have gone back. He would have probably been mad about something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Friday didn't have anything. However, Saturday, Sunday's Rocky Mountain Cup did have some answers. Thunderbirds really destroy their competition. They put up 1,210 points to close out the two-day event. The next closest competitor, who was the Cascade Swim Club, only posted 720. So if that says anything about what probably happened Friday, it was likely a couple blowouts (laughs) back-to-back. Next up for UBC Swimming will be the Audlem Brown Limited Colleges Cup, which sounds very, like, high class Uh, and very selective. The Audlem Brown Limited Colleges Cup. That's (laughs) (laughs) That that Limited Colleges Cup will be hosted here on UBC campus this coming Saturday and Sunday, November 3rd and 4th. Yep, and after that, we got some news from women's volleyball. After starting the th- season 0-2-3, the women's volleyball team had finally clinched their first victory in this season, beating Thompson Rivers in straight uh, three sets in their second matchup. The weekend trip out to Kamloops wasn't easy. You know, they lost that ni- nail-biting five-game set against Wolfpack Saturday, and then they split the first of two sets and fought head-to-head in that game. That's that's how it went down. They fought head to t- head for that fifth set. In the end, thanks to some big kills from, this is insane. This is outstanding to me. The Thompson River Wolfpack Olga's Olga Savinchuk. She's a 30 year old rookie because she she played for what 10 different teams around Eastern Europe. It started with a youth club team in Ukraine as a teenager. Has played uh, 14 professional years over in Europe, like Bizarre. Ukraine, France, Israel, Russia, everywhere in and Europe. First year U Sports eligibility. Business school. <laughs> They've got a lot of Ukrainians on that Wolfpack team. What are they doing? They got oh, a Ukrainian whisperer over there. The Ukrainian Ukrainian contingent. But it was it was because of Savinchuk that the Wolfpack were able to get the game point, ending that fifth set 15 note. To eleven, yeah. Uh, Kira Van Reich didn't have a great game, which is a little worrying. I mean, obviously still readjusting after that performance with the uh, Canadian national team, uh, but she did lead the team with fifteen kills, um, twelve attack errors, though. which was problematic first week too for her. Absolutely, uh, and yeah, I mean, twelve attack errors is really high, especially especially for someone like Kira who's been so consistent, especially last season. Um, but the uh, the rookie Bryn Passen, Passen, I was going to say Payson, so that's good. Had a strong performance, twelve kills and four digs. Yeah, the Thunderbird did, um, thanks to um, the collaborations, did bounce back on Sunday and show the quality they're capable of with a 3-0 sweep of the Wolfpack. Van Rijk was much better than last day and recording 15 kills once again, but with only three attack here this time. And so far, Thunderbird's MVP this year has definitely been Olivia Furland, who is filling the void at center left by the graduated Alexandra Gentile. She recorded four kills, 34 assists, 10 dicks, and two blocks on Saturday, and followed that by five kills, 42 assists, two dicks, and one block on Sunday. And it's been pretty easy transition, I think, for Furland because she did have that experience before last year yeah. as the team set. Well, not as this team setter, but she was a setter in the past for her other teams. Um and it seems that she's picked up right where Gentile led this team so well last year. Yeah, and speaking on the men's side, like like the like the women's team, the defending championship men's volleyball team lost their first match of three to one 
also to um, Thompson River, but then they also lost the second one um, at 3-2-2, suffering a sweep at the hand of Thompson River Wolfpacks to drop them to 0-4 in the season. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of blocking errors here. Uh, the Thunderbirds only put up five blocks, which is half as many as their op- opponents got. Um, as I was mentioning uh, on the walk over here with Liz, um, for blocking, you need to be have really good chemistry with your blocking partner. Exactly. If you don't, it's not going to work. And this is a new team with a lot of new players that didn't... Completely e- new that faces. either didn't play for the team at all last year or didn't see a lot of minutes. So these players haven't had a lot of experience or uh, time playing with each other to get used to each other, and that's why the blocking maybe isn't as strong as it could be. Yeah, and don't hate each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, and speaking of the highlight of the team, Zach Johnson, as we discussed last week, is still one of the pretty much bright light of the Thunderbirds so far. He contributed two aces and ten dicks alongside with 32 assists in Sunday's game after firing six aces on Saturday. This weekend also brought around James Tacken, who we didn't see the first weekend. The Aussie was really the only other player outside of Zach Johnson who played well in both games. First year outside hitter, I believe he's from is it Brisbane. Uh, yeah, from Brisbane. He's from Brisbane, Brisbane. Right? Brisbane, Brisbane. 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 Yeah, right. Very very Australian <laughs> pronunciation. Excuse me for all the Aussies out there. But he was able, you know, seven kills, 200 hitting percentage on Saturday. But then he exploded on Sunday. 16 kill, five dig, and three block performance. And this is where I think Takin and Dalhaniak need to meet up in the middle. Dalhaniak last week had a really big performance. I believe it was the home opener night where he put up some outstanding numbers and then this week, Dalhaniak didn't really do much. Yeah, more attack errors than kills in both two games. Some early rookie struggles for Dalhaniak there. Yeah, and up next, both men's and women's teams are headed to Manitoba next weekend to take on Brandon University. We are going to take a quick ad for some spooky... Uh, take a quick ad? Take a quick break, Take a I quick think. ad for some breaks. There you uh, go. And then we will be <laughs> right back. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Mass evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. Hello and welcome back. The Spooky Thunderbird Eye episode here on October the 31st, 2018. You're listening to CITR Sports Collective. We're coming back here with some football action. We were just talking about volleyball and how we're hoping the men's and women's team, particularly the men's team, can really turn things around with all these different roster changes. On the other hand, football has done a nice job doing just that. They've really turned their season around. They finished the regular season with a thrilling 38-34 to overtime win against the Manitoba Bisons. It was looking really poor for them first half. They were down 31-13. to 
They held Manitoba to just three points in the second half. And then Michael O'Connor, the U Sports Athlete of the Week for football, he put forth a Her- Hercules, a Her- Herculean. 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 Herculean efforts. Thank you. That's what I was looking for there. Very well. Which earned him, uh, like I said, U Sports and Canada West number one star of the week. He scored two touchdowns and he also set up two Greg Hutchkin, two Hutch, Greg Hutchin field goals. Hutch, Hutchdowns. Hutchdowns. No, Hutch goals. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't. But that doesn't work with the name. So That's you fair. Call them Hutchdowns. <laughs> uh, he didn't do it on his own though, as in the second half. The Thunderbird defense, as I mentioned, they stopped the Bisons from scoring any points in the third and fourth quarters, save that three there right at the end. The win earned them ninth place now overall in U-Sports, which bumped them up a spot from last week, and home playoff game against the University of Saskatchewan Huskies this upcoming Saturday. Playoffs, people? Come watch some football. Wow. I mean, five weeks ago, where where was this team? Four weeks ago, where was this team? At the bottom. (laughs) I don't think we had a team. Right. (laughs) Yeah, and Michael O'Connor, peaking at the right time, putting up video game numbers right now. He threw for 467 passing yards Ooh. and four touchdowns, only one interception. I believe second straight week throwing 400-plus passing yards. Yeah, yeah he's, he's drawing serious Breeze's comparisons right now. Yeah, Bree, right, Breeze, right. <laughs> UBC receiver is also doing a nice job. In this game, it was at the second half. Travel Pinto, who's been a force in this UBC offense, put up, his usual performance, you know, 12 passes going for 184 yards. Casual 12 You don't see that. <laughs> 12 receptions and 184 yards, uh, as well as two touchdowns. He wasn't alone. Trey Kellogg came alive also against the Bisons, putting up eight catches and 130 yards, also tallying a touchdown. And Ben Cummings also rushed for 99 yards on 17 carries. They're giving and, him the ball. And They're finally giving him the ball. He caught three balls, 420 receiving yards, including the game-winning touchdown getting him involved in the air, on the ground, and this diversified UBC attack, Pinto, Cummings, Kellogg this game, that'll be key if they're uh, going to challenge Calgary and again the, in the playoffs. The defense, again. Uh, interceptions from Sorello Brown and uh, Stavros Katsantanis. Yeah, <laughs> Katsantanis, the Greek. So Yeah, more Greek names uh, to struggle over, I guess. Uh, Katarakis <laughs> was a little easier than that one. Uh, front seven, very disruptive. Three sacks and six tackles for loss. It's not too bad. And what this game showed is that they have the willpower and the determination to come back. I mean, most people, 31, 13 and a half, you're rolling over. The game is mentally over. The Thunderbirds team showing they have a lot of fight in them, especially heading into playoffs. What an ending to the regular season. And a sport that's already in playoffs, soccer. The Thunderbirds started off the postseason right with both teams taking care of business in the quarterfinals and making it to the Canada West Final Four. The women's team beat UNBC 3-1 in a game that looked early on like it might get out of hand. Sophomore sensation Danielle Steer scored in the 13th minute before setting up Amelia Crawford three minutes later to double UBC's lead. The Timberwolves did fight back. Paige Payne cut the lead in half in the 55th minute on a penalty kick, but the Thunderbirds got a penalty of their own late in the match, and Steer calmly slotted it into the bottom right corner to seal the victory. I, I do want to say that's a great sports name, Paige Payne. Paige Payne. There's a <laughs> lot of good sports names in U Sports. Absolutely. I've seen some good I mean, Victory Shambusho. That's pretty strong. Right? Yeah. Pretty pretty awesome. <laughs> that Against UMBC, you know, they, they try, the Timberwolves, they try to make it interesting there in the second half, but... More or less, it was all Thunderbirds. They came they came out ready to play. They outshot the Timberwolves 18-5 to and had nine corners compared to zero 
for the for the Timberwolves side. Yeah, and that attack, as usual this year, led by Danielle Steer, coming out of nowhere in her second season at UBC. She finished first in Canada West in goals with 10 and second in assists as, with 10 as well, the only person to hit double digits in both. And once again, she was really the one driving the UBC attack. One goal, one assist in this one. She'll be crucial in the playoffs. For sure, and a solid defensive performance as well, only conceding the one goal, and that was on a penalty. Can't really do much about that. Uh, Thunderbirds are now 11-1 and when they hold their opponent under one goal. And that one loss in that 11-1 outstanding record did come against their now upcoming opponent in Calgary. Should be interesting this semifinal game. You wonder if there's a mental aspect to that, knowing that this was the only team they did lose to in the regular season. The Dinos finished the regular season with the best in-conference record at 13-1, and they've conceded only six goals all season. Outstanding numbers for both sides, but this Calgary Dino defense is going to be hard to get through. Yeah, absolute juggernaut on the defensive side. The only team to shut out the Thunderbirds this season. We'll see if they're able to do that again. If UBC can pull the upset, they'll play either Trinity Western or Alberta for the Canada West Championship. And if they lose, they'll play the loser of that other semifinal for the bronze medal. On the men's side, they dispatched Mount Royal 3-0 in their own quarterfinal with all three goals coming in the second half. Christian Lee Heitenen scored a brace in less than eight minutes with both goals set up by Zach Verhoeven. Thunderbirds then added a third in the 85th as Victory Shambusho cut open the defense with a great run down the middle. His shot was stopped by the Cougars keeper, but Sean Arneson was there to knock in the rebound. Yeah, and this game was pretty similar to the women's uh, quarterfinal game as well. The Thunderbirds shot the Cougars 14-6, which is hilarious, and had 11 corners again to Mount Royal Cougars zero corners. Quarterfinals doing well for both men's and women's side. Lee Heitman's incredible goal scoring run. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. You come out of the Where'd gate. Where did come from? Eh? Right. First seven <laughs> games of the season puts out one goal. Whatever. He's contributing to the team, I guess, in some way. And then since <laughs> that point, but since that point, he's put up 11 goals in his last seven games. Outstanding. This, what he's been able to contribute to this team has really elevated him above and beyond the competitors that I've seen. Yeah. Now, in this Canada West division. A fun story from this uh, Canada West playoffs for the men's soccer. Going back to the last week of the regular season, Thunderbirds uh, lost their undefeated season right at the end. They lost to Thompson Rivers 1-0. I remember we were a little bit upset. They didn't go all out for that undefeated yeah, a lot season. Of the would have been awesome. Sat, right? Yeah, but what it did mean, that loss and the win for Thompson Rivers, allowed them to sneak into the playoffs right ahead of UNBC as the eighth seed. And they've seized their opportunity as Thompson Rivers went on the road and beat the previously undefeated Alberta Golden Bears 3-1. to one. An 8-seed upsetting the 1-seed. Yeah, and that means that UBC is now the clear favorite in Canada West. Light years ahead from UBC. What a beautiful strategy. I do, I do all this. What is, I don't know if that's the strategy. <laughs> There's some 3D chess. Some 3D chess from the, from the Thunderbirds here. But now you get a little bit worried because this uh, Thompson Rivers team, now still in the field, just beat the undefeated Golden Bears, so maybe they're actually good. And then right looks like um, they might have to play them again uh, for the championship, and that's a team that just beat them. And I know they rested a lot of their starters, but, you know, it's a little, 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 little terrifying, a little terrifying. Um, but uh, the Thunderbirds will take on UFV, Fraser Valley, in the semifinals. They've played the Cascades twice this year. A 1-1 draw was the season opening game, and then they beat them at home 2-0 in October. If they're able to win that game, Thunderbirds will then go on to play either Trinity Western, similar to the women's side, I believe, Mm -hmm. or Thompson Rivers for the championship on Sunday. If they lose, they will attempt a 
bronze medal match uh, for the other semifinal on Saturday. Yeah, and this Final Four is being held here at UBC, as will the national championship the week after. So a lot of great soccer actions can be held here. And then women's is just over in Langley. Yeah. So not too far. And uh, that's about all for us today. We're going to take this haunted a episode. On this very, very, very spooky Thunderbird Eye episode. We have some uh, upcoming events for you. Uh, Jacob mentioned the swim meets coming up. Uh, women's ice hockey. Oh wait, sorry. That's that's the. I'm in the wrong month. I forgot. Eric, it was, what are you doing? It's the last. It's, it's the, the last it's day the, of the month. It's the ghosts. It's the ghost that put my computer on the wrong settings. <laughs> Thanks, ghosts. Um, tomorrow, men's volleyball uh, visiting the Victoria Vikes. Big rivalry game there. Yeah, uh, women's Legends vo- Cup contri- contributor. Did, did I say game. volleyball? I meant basketball. Yeah, it's definitely basketball. It is basketball. 100% because <laughs> I am calling the Saturday game yes. here. Yes, yes. Uh, very sorry. Uh, and women's basketball will be hosting Victoria right here uh, on Friday. It's uh, volleyball men's visiting Brandon. Women's soccer, again, that huge game against Calgary, um, semifinal action. Men's soccer, uh, semifinal action with Fraser Valley. Uh, and women's volleyball also visiting Brandon. Saturday, the aforementioned um, uh, basketball games with Victoria. Yeah, uh, should right be good. Here. Men's, men's, um, men's basketball at Victoria. There's a lot of V's and B's on the screen. Men, yeah, <laughs> it's, well, I'll explain that a little bit. The men's game is being played here on Saturday while the women's team is going to Victoria, to my understanding. Yes, and which is the opposite. It's switched tomorrow. Yes, so Friday, it's uh, or Thursday, it's the opposite, and then Saturday, it's, yeah. Um, but the big, big ticket event... Um, in the afternoon on Saturday is that huge Hardy Cup semifinal against Saskatchewan um, in in football. Obviously, that's a big one. It's going to be right here. Come out, see some some good football with a team that we didn't think was good, but is now good. They are here, um, and obviously, um, men's soccer and women's soccer in uh, Canada West Final Four if they get there. Lots of upcoming playoffs. Teams trying to start their seasons. And with that, though, after that. Fantastic rundown of the upcoming <laughs> schedule, Eric. Thank you for tuning in to CITR 101.9. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is the Arts Report. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz with contributions from Spencer Latu. Listen Wednesdays from 4.30 to 5 p.m. Happy Halloween and have a spooky rest of your evening. <laughs>